Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free... This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's up, folks? It's a Monday and an important week at that because we are in the second to, I don't know, we're in the last week, the last week of The Edge preseason top 40 poll. We have our final five teams that we will unveil this week, Matt Humans. Exciting times. It's amazing. It's almost like we planned it this way. Yeah. Do we get it to the final week and we have five teams left? And, final uh, week of the Edge preseason top 40 poll. That's right. College football season kicks off Saturday with uh, seven games on the main board plus an under-the-radar thriller between Idaho State and UNLV. <laughs> Very much so. But, uh, and actually, I've got some inside dope on that thing that might change your mind on how you're betting that total. I'll tell you that. That's right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we have a uh, star-studded guest lineup uh, headed your way this week. Today, it's going to be Brad Powers. Tomorrow, Tim Brando. Wow. Later in the week, we have a Hawaii football insider. Wow. Kanoa Leahy, who's a play-by-play guy for the Rainbow Warriors. So, uh, we got a big week here, winding down to uh, the kickoff of the college football season. I can't wait, JVT. It is Love officially it. week yeah. zero. It is week zero. So, we get ready. We get games coming up later this week that we'll dive into as the week progresses. But we begin with a little bit over the weekend. First and foremost, the trend continues. So, what are we talking about now? 22 consecutive games won for the Baltimore Ravens. And depending on how you rate uh, the closing number, 20-2 and two ATS or like 19-2-1, mm-hmm. whatever. Whatever it is, regardless. I call, I call it 20 and 2 ATS. Yeah. So the two uh, non covers for the Ravens, I think, reached one point wins okay. in 2018, which both of those were spread losses. But anyway, it's 22 and 0 straight up, 20 and 2 against the spread. And last night, this game got uh, a little too close for comfort for John Harbaugh. Yeah. It was 24 to 3 Ravens. All of a sudden, it's 24 17, and the Cardinals driving for the potential winning score. 
But or turned coverage. over on downs on their own 34-yard line. So uh, ultimately, Jerry Guarantano cannot get it done. But the most impressive preseason streak that means nothing continues That's right. for the Baltimore Ravens. And here, the other part about this, too, is, I mean, the market is kind of adjusting to this. We, we've actually seen the market move against them in both games oh, so no. far, right? We saw week one, the market moved against them in the matchup against it was Tennessee. Week two, we saw a little buyback off of five and a half in this game, too. Some spots closed four and or got to four and a half. Uh, most spots closed five. So there was this, hey, you know what? Maybe this is the year the trend dies. <laughs> Not so much. The Ravens keep getting it done. Yeah, it's no surprise. I mean, you're always going to have better saying, hey, this line's out of whack. It's preseason. There's right. value in the underdog. And you're going to get money. Uh, against the Ravens in these situations, like you said, against the Titans, or with the Titans, uh, with the Cardinals. Cardinals actually opened seven-point dogs in some spots. Line closed five. Ravens went up by seven. How about that last series, too, with the Cardinals driving? The Ravens were bringing the heat on defense. They were blitzing the quarterback, doing everything they could uh, to win that game. You have to appreciate John Harbaugh for that. Anyway, Ravens when 24-17 goes over the total of uh, 37. And uh, week two of the preseason is almost in the books. We have one more game tonight. Yeah, we do. We had a Monday night game, Falcons and Jets. Uh, Atlanta is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Total sitting around 38. Um, Robert Sala, as of yesterday, said he was, quote, mm-hmm. torn about whether or not he wants to play his starters. I would assume reading the room, that you're going to give Joe Flacco some time. I mean, because you're looking at an offensive line, you read reports that has yet to really work together. Mm-hmm. Joe Flacco, of course, who's pretty much penciled in as the starter for week one, given the injury to Zach Wilson. Um, even though Salah's torn, and as he told the media, he wakes up every night in a cold sweat wondering what he's going to do. Uh, I would think that you're going to see a series or two from Joe Flacco today. I think you have to. Right? Uh, I know the Jets are probably a little bit paranoid. They don't want to sustain any injuries on the offensive line especially, but uh, you got you got to put your guys out there and you got to get your quarterback ready for week one. It's going to be Joe Flacco, right, instead of Mike White? Uh, I think so. Like I said, it, I've, I have yet to see anything official. It has just been this waffling back and forth between who it's going to be for the New York Jets once we get this game started. Uh, I'm a little bit surprised the Falcons are four-and-a-half-point favorites. The Lions seems a little bit high, but I know you like the Falcons quarterback rotation. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I think when you look at it, and we talk, I talked about this on the show yesterday, you, I think you can understand why the Falcons would be favored of this game. To this degree, I'm not entirely sure, but you saw some pretty good things from Desmond Ritter. You also saw some bad things from Desmond Ritter in the first game. Uh, Marcus Mariota, if he's going to be out there, I haven't seen anything official whether or not he is. I've read some reports that indicate that he's going to be out mm-hmm. there. Um but he gives you the athletic ability, and his sample size is not great in the first game, so I don't know how long he's going to be out there. But I think you like the athletic ability of both of these guys, which adds to the attractiveness of a team in the preseason because athletic ability allows you to just drug these plays out, bad offensive line play, yada, yada, yada. So, again, I get why they're favored, but if the Jets are going to come out and give Flacco like two series, try to get their starters ready to go for this uh, regular season opener and take next week off, I think four and a half with New York would be the way I would go as opposed to laying it with the Falcons. Yeah. Great matchup for Monday night. These might be two of the five worst teams in the NFL. I'm so, kind of intrigued by the Falcons. Well, the Falcons got some pieces to work with. You know what I mean? It seems to be unanimous from uh, those handicappers I talked to that the Falcons had no chance to get outside that five worst designation uh, this season. I think they're going to. And the NFL teams have always got a chance. They could be better than that. I I suggested on a radio show recently that the Falcons 
might surprise some people in the two hosts were like, oh, no chance. That team's <laughs> terrible. But I like to be on the opposite side of public opinion right. in the NFL, popular opinion. Uh, I'm not overly optimistic about the Falcons. Look at their win total, four and a half to make the playoffs, seven to one odds. But I think they can be a little bit more competitive uh, than people think. Anyway, this is not a game tonight that really fascinates me. I think when you talk about the Falcons and Jets, you have teams that are really this bad. Why would you not play as many frontline guys as you can? Mm-hmm. You got to get, you've got to improve. Your mission here is going to be to get better and get better as soon as possible. Uh, there's no, you can't sit back and think things are going to be okay when uh, you're coaching a football team that's, that's this bad. I, I would think these teams have got to play as many uh, starters as possible. And that also, I would. Joe Flacco needs the snaps, he needs yes. the reps. I'd also push back on the sentiment that the Jets having no chance of getting out. I think one of the things, and I wrote about them in the well, Pro the Football Jets, Betting Guide, who I comes think out the this Jets week, by the way. Be pretty good. I, well, they did yeah. a great job. If you look around the roster, especially offensively, what they did to upgrade sure. the skill positions, there's a lot to like about the New York Jets. So that's what makes them, I think, a team with a wide variety of outcomes. No doubt. Because what if Zach Wilson comes in this second year and actually hits and shows some development and takes some steps forward in terms of his growth? Well, all of a sudden you're looking at all the skill positions, running back, wide receiver, their offensive line's a little bit upgraded despite the loss of Mekhi Becton. This could be a team that's actually kind of a pain in the butt for a lot of teams as they move on into the regular well, season. don't forget the, the Jets beat the Bengals last season. Right. Uh, actually, the Titans. What's up? They beat, they beat the Titans too. Remember? Yeah. Yep. I think the the Jets got the potential to be better, uh, and you know to be pretty good in some spots. Joe Douglas, the GM's done a really good job, I think, of upgrading the talent. But still, I'm not all that optimistic about Zach Wilson. And right now, they have the what is now favorite to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, Brees Hall. Brees Hall is uh, after this preseason taken over as the favorite to win Offensive Rookie of the Year over at DraftKings at least plus eight fifty to do so. So Brees Hall and the uh, the Jets. Do we go? Do we do that slugging? Right. Usually it's like the star and the Jets. Brees Hall and the Jets, a rookie, taking on the Falcons on Monday night. Other note on preseason up to this point, Dave Tooley does a great job tracking these things. The big uh, storyline coming out of Week One. Hey man, first seventeen games, fourteen to three to the over. Eight and seven to the under by Tooley's tracking as we head into the last game of the preseason week mm-hmm. two. So a little bit of a correction there. You're hitting at break even if you bet the unders at fifty three point three percent. So we'll see if the unders will have the edge if they can get it to. Well, it's not a big surprise. You and I talked about this last week. So the average opening total in week one of the preseason thirty three and a half. And then last week it's forty one. Right. So we said there's going to be a lot more unders in week two. Probably going to regress to more around the fifty percent mark, and that's what happened. Well, and by the way, in there's Thule, still a lot of scoring in this preseason when you look at it. A oh, lot yeah. more than I expected there to be. When Thule, remember, grades by the closing line too. Yeah. So if you're talking about attacking these unders early when they opened up at that average of uh, forty points, you're probably sitting at a much better record if you played every single one of those games uh, under the total. Which again, you never want to go out and blindly play every single side, uh, but. It's probably at a higher rate given that. All right. Some news that we got in the National Football League today, too, Matt, is um, we have a starting quarterback officially announced for the Carolina Panthers. I don't think it's any surprise to somebody. Maybe somebody. Carolina Panthers are going to roll with Baker Mayfield as their starting quarterback for week one. Yeah, I think we've known that's going to be the case for a couple weeks. Yeah. And uh, not surprised. I think it it sets up some great storylines for that week one game against the Browns. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Um uh, Sam Darnold, I think when the, when the Panthers traded for Baker Mayfield, as long as Mayfield's training camp was not a disaster, he was going to win the job. And uh, Sam Darnold's got to think uh, his days are numbered. Unless uh, if Mayfield stays healthy, uh, I don't think Sam Darnold's uh, going to be in Carolina too long. But 
Uh, you, Matt Corral is lost for the season. Mm-hmm. P.J. Walker looks terrible as a backup quarterback. So right now, D- Darnold does have some value at number two because I don't think Carolina feels that good about its backup situation like it did maybe a couple weeks ago. So how about this, too, for this game in week one? I, I find this very, very interesting. Um, we've slowly had this like slow kind of burn with this line, right? Where now, after the news, I don't know if you saw this coming, but Deshaun Watson is not going to play in week one. For the, for the Cleveland Browns. Once the news was officially announced that he was done for 11 games, and now that we get this news that Baker Mayfield is going to be the starting quarterback, Carolina Panthers are now one-and-a-half-point favorites over the Cleveland Browns at home. Yeah, Not a big move, one-to-one, but still. Sharp move. betters out there like yeah. Will Hill, the handicapper for uh, V-Sun, who were you know, grabbing uh, the Panthers plus four, plus four-and-a-half early, and now the Panthers have flipped to the favorite, minus one. Uh, not not a big surprise there. I thought if it was going to be Jacoby Brissett against Baker Mayfield, the Panthers probably would go off as favorites. Yep. So a couple of one and a half out there, and now all of a sudden you get a teaser leg potentially with the Cleveland Browns if you want tease that up and get to seven and a half for Week One against the Carolina Panthers. So all right, with that we'll come back. We have more news. So right, for example, Kayvon Thibodeau looks like he's going to be fine. MCL sprain, ACLs intact. Uh, the just horrendous, atrocious, dirty play by the Cincinnati Bengals. I think it was a tight end. That was ridiculous. It was a legal block. Uh, I think we kind of all know that at this point right now, but that was out there, the story. Did you just go the whole first segment without mentioning Tom Brady is back? Was that a thing? Oh, I just mentioned that. Okay, yeah. Was that something we needed to mention? Like, oh, man. Did you hear the report, what he did while he was gone? Nice trip to the Bahamas. Family time. Yeah, I heard a few things. I mean, over the weekend, I was talking to a couple uh, betters who were like, I want to bet the Bucks under the win total. I want to fade the Bucks in all these spots. I think there's more to it with Brady than they're, than they're letting on. I said, nah, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't try to read too much into this. I was, He's old. He wants a break from camp. He takes off for 10 days. That's it. I would say the second season-ending injury to the interior of that offensive line is more impactful yeah. than uh, – than what Tom Brady is feeling mentally. All right, we'll come back. We have plenty left to get to. We get to the edge. Preseason top 40 poll when we return. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, That's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. 
Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. College Football Guide is out now, folks, and the NFL Guide drops this Thursday. Start your football season on the right foot as opposed to the left with expert profiles of every team, including team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Remember, only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a VSIN all-access subscriber. Sign up on our discounted football special and get all access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only $175 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter or all, uh, all year long go to vcin.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the sports betting network family josh allen on the cover huh josh allen on the cover of the pro football betting guide mm. it should be the year of the bills you're gonna love this so i you know i don't know about you does your opinion when you write these because you know we wrote a bunch of, of mm-hmm. college and pro stuff would you go in with a certain thought process dive a little bit deeper to some of these teams and have your opinion altered somewhat it's actually a great question because what I try to do before first first of all, what you do is all your research on the team before you write a word. Right, right. You do all your research, and then the, when you start writing, uh, I think sometimes as you're writing, you form a stronger opinion about a team. I try to keep an open mind uh, going into it, and then once you write all your analysis, I think you have a much firmer opinion when you're done with it. And I kind of a couple of teams, I was a little bit surprised that I liked under instead of over when I got done writing, when I got done with research. So yeah, that's a, it's a process I, that I always uh, find interesting because I, I do surprise myself a little bit with uh, some of the conclusions. So as you know of my past opinions, I think you're going to love this. I don't get it with the Bills. Like, they're a good team. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. But if you really dive into everything going on with Buffalo, and not like everything going on, like there's negative things around them, the schedule of them... Uh, 
I think people tend to forget they were seven and six last year at one point and had mm-hmm. to win out to really look dominant, of course, and made a pretty decent run in the postseason. And Josh Allen looked incredible, but there's some there's some chinks in the armor with yeah. the Buffalo Bills, I would say, for a oh, team yeah. that is favored. I don't think the Bills have the most talented roster in the NFL. Okay. Right. If you go, huh? Do you labeled me as a Josh Allen hater at times, so I just just want to put that out there. I don't think uh, I would agree with you. By the way, I don't think you're a Josh Allen hater anymore. One of your best friends was a Josh Allen hater, and he influenced my best friends. They're all on the same level with one another. He influenced the way you were thinking about Josh Allen <laughs> for a long time. Uh, I don't. I don't doubt Josh Allen anymore. I, and I haven't actually for the past year, year and a half or so. But uh, I, I don't think the Bills have the most talented roster in the NFL. Yeah. But they probably. Are going to dominate that division. Not too crazy about the right. AFC East. Yes, I would agree with that. And the way it looks right now. Absolutely agree with that. All right, so you get all of that great insight, but like in nice paragraph form uh, in the NFL football betting guide. NFL football betting guide. That's redundant. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, let's do it. Edge preseason top 40. The last week of the Edge preseason top 40 poll, and we are into the top five. So with a drum roll, please, the fifth team in our Edge preseason top 40 poll is... The Utah Utes, Matt Eubens. All they right. check in as the fifth best team in the Edge preseason Number top four 40. in my poll. Uh, okay, and this is, I think, you talk about a very, very intriguing team. It is Utah because if you ask anybody with a brain that handicaps and, anal- and, and, and analyzes, analyzes college football, you will see, you'll hear a consensus, Utah's the best team in the Pac-12. And yet the market consensus is USC is favored to win the Pac-12. Right. I think this huge team is freaking awesome with rising at quarterback, of course, with a bunch of guys coming back both offensively and defensively as a whole, 14. But with Cam rising, a lot of dudes coming back on the offensive end in a really talented secondary and a schedule that sets up extremely well for the Utes. This is not only, I think, the best team in the Pac-12, man, and I think a lot of people know this, this is a team with a realistic path to a college football playoff berth if everything breaks right for them. Right, and uh, if everything breaks right, the the key phrase there because you're definitely going to need, coming out of the Pac-12, you're going to need a little bit of luck to get to the playoffs. It's most likely that Utah is not going to run the table. Mm-hmm. Utes are going to drop a game somewhere. Might drop that opening game at Florida right. on uh, September 3rd. Utah is a two-and-a-half-point favorite in the swamp. I still think that's a, a tricky way to open the season. Even if your opinion of the Gators is a little bit down, that's going to be an incredibly tough game for the Utes to go in there and win on the road in the opener. As a coach, I'd always like to have some sort of warm-up game before you play a game like that. The Utes' warm-up game is the next week (laughs) against Southern Utah on September 10th. But Kyle Whittingham's been my favorite coach in the the Pac-12 for a long time. I think right now the reason USC is favored at pretty much every sports book is that the betting public is crazy right. about USC. Yeah. The media hype is over the top about USC. Lincoln Riley, uh, obviously uh, Caleb Williams, just the uh, the Jordan Addison, all the high-profile transfers that uh, Riley has brought into USC, the media hype's all over there. I've seen some media polls that have USC as high as number five in the country. You know, I've got USC more around number 15 and Utah at number four. The Utes do catch a break with the schedule in terms of uh, – playing at UCLA on October 8th and getting USC in Salt Lake City on October 15th. Mm -hmm. That's the key game of the schedule. You got the Trojans at home. That definitely works into Utah's favor. And I think the the other game on the schedule that's uh, obviously going to be the tough spot is at Oregon on November 19th. I don't think – I'm not sold 
on the Ducks. And I think at that point in the season, hopefully Utah is a team with zero or one loss and uh, is rolling going into uh, Eugene late in the season. But Cameron Rising, the quarterback, he's a transfer from Texas. Kyle Whittingham made a mistake. He did not open last season with him as a starter. He had Charlie Brewer in there as a starter. Brewer. Southern Miss quarterback. Yeah, we just named the starter. Yeah, did, Brewer didn't get the job done as a transfer from Baylor. Whittingham puts Rising in in that San Diego State game. Yep. And uh, boom, before you know it, Utah's averaging 38 points per game with Cameron Rising at quarterback. By the way, I took a shot on Rising to win the Heisman at 100 to 1. I was going to ask, that was my next question, actually, about Cam Rising and mm-hmm. what this uh, season could be for them. So I would agree. And I think, too, when you look at it from the standpoint of where they fall within the division, all of those things, uh, I am, um, I get the liability, right, and the shading toward USC, given how popular they have been. Uh, but it is, I think it is really, really interesting when you talk to anybody who actually has some really good knowledge. I, I haven't heard, a, I don't think a single person with knowledge that I respect, I don't mean to insult anybody who has said otherwise, that I do know, that has said Utah is not better than USC coming mm-hmm. into the season. And our poll reflects that too, and yet there they are at the top. So pretty fascinating. And I think this Utah team, I agree with you, and if you get past Florida in that opening game, this schedule sets up to the point where, I mean, maybe a slip-up spot against UCLA, I think they beat USC. Mm-hmm. An undefeated season is there for them, and especially the way the season ends after they beat USC. Washington State, Arizona, Stanford, that Oregon game, as you mentioned, and then Colorado. It's a Utah team that beat the stuffing out of uh, Oregon twice at the end of last season. Now, that was a Ducks team that had turned into a train wreck because the coach was going to desert the program, and I think the players knew it. So it was kind of a lame duck uh, situation there for uh, Oregon coach Mario Cristobal last season. That's why Utah was able to pound Oregon twice. But I still think there's going to be a spot along the way where the Utes get tripped up. I don't think they're going to be an undefeated team going to the Pac-12. Probably – Hey, if it's a one-loss team, that's great. By the way, bet over the win total of nine Right. if you're that confident. I've got Utah to win the Pac-12, and uh, you can get plus 250 on that. I think that's a kind of a generous number on the Utes to win the conference, plus 250, because if you look at the Pac-12, I really feel like there are two teams with a chance to win it, USC and Utah. Yep. I, I'm not that high on Oregon. Uh, UCLA's got to totally rebuild its defense. It's got an easy schedule, but I don't think it's legitimately like a contender in terms of its actual strength. Right? Now, you made the key point there. That I don't think the Bruins are actually that strong, but their schedule is so weak, they're yep. going to win a lot of games. And uh, I, I did the Pac-12 write-ups for the College Football Betting Guide, and I'm convinced that Utah's the best team in this conference, and USC is number two. Hey, you can't deny the talent that Lincoln Riley brought in of course. Uh, to L.A. I mean, it's... It's a ton of talent. It's going to be a tough team to beat. I still think USC is going to be an over team in terms of high-scoring games. That offense is going to be, at times, probably look unstoppable. But the defense is not going to be able to stop many people. Uh, I think that defense might get a little bit better. Alex Grinch is a good defensive coordinator, so over time he's going to improve that USC defense. But, man, the Bruins dropped a 62-point bomb on USC at the end of last season. That's that was a bad you know, defense. Yeah. It's going to be hard to get that defense that much better. Overnight, and another key point when you're handicapping college football in this day and age, the transfer portal, and uh, yeah, USC killed it, but Utah, actually, Kyle Whittingham did yeah. a really good job in the transfer portal, too. Yep. So with that, Utah checking in as our fifth-ranked team in our Edge preseason top 40, and I would say, too, from their college football hopes, uh, even if they drop that game against Florida, as we always know, it's better to lose early than it is to lose mm-hmm. late, and if they're yeah. a one-loss team at the end of everything in a Pac-12 champ, and their only loss is to Florida, who the people love the SEC, 
I think they're going to be set up pretty nicely to still get that four spot. I was thinking about the same thing. Yeah. You know, if you lose early to Florida, the season's not lost. But you right. know what's going to happen? If that if the Utes lose that game, we're going to have to hear everybody say, oh, Utah is overrated. You guys built Utah. Well, you hyped depends. up Utah. It depends and, on uh, the loss, right? Like, they can't lose the way by, the game by played, 20 yeah. points. Because yeah, if they lose... Well, I would be stunned yeah. if Utah lost to Florida by 20. Might lose by a field goal. I I, I don't like playing road favorites, right. especially when you're going to play an SEC team on the road early in the season like that. I think it's a really tricky spot for Utah. I'm not going to bet the Utes in that game. Yep. All right, well, let's take our break. Uh, when we come back, Brad Powers, uh, one of those really smart football minds, is going to join us next, get his thoughts on Utah as the fifth-best team in the country. And uh, any thoughts on potentially some Week 0 matchups? Because we do have some games that have yet to be added to the board. We'll see if he's got any thoughts there. I know he did bet, I think, one of the games on a futures or excuse me, a look-ahead line that was posted at the Golden Nugget. We'll get answers to that more when we come back here on The Edge. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Pocket Cash with popular picks. Join Levi's 501 Pop Culture Pools for free and answer questions for a shot at a share of $10,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Levi's now to get in on the action. Levi's buy better, wear longer. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. It's the Edge here on VSIN. Let's bring in Brad Powers, professional handicapper, as week zero is upon us. We'll get thought, uh, Brad's thoughts on a couple of the key games that we'll see this weekend. But, Brad, first, I wanted to pick your brain, our Edge preseason top 40 poll in its last week here, and we are on number five. And our fifth-ranked team, according to the four pollsters that we had, uh, the Utah Utes come in as the fifth-best team in the country, according to our poll. Too high, too low, or what? You know, it seems a little high. Uh, just, you know, compared to my power ranks, I have number eight, the youth. And keep in mind, I mean, I already think that, you know, over eight and a half, over nine are really good bets. So I, I thought I was relatively high on Utah. I have as many bets on Utah as probably any team in the country, considering, you know, I bet them over their win total. I bet them against USC. I bet them against Florida multiple times. I bet Utah to win the Pac-12. So, uh, you know, five seems just a little high, but... You know what? Uh, I'm right there with you guys. I love the youth. I think they're a clear-cut favorite in Pac-12, uh, not USC, not Oregon. I have you know Utah favored in all 12 of their games, believe it or not, including that you know road trip to Gainesville in Week One and also a road trip to Oregon. So uh, I'm, I'm expecting a double-digit win season for the youth. That's good to hear that. We just talked about a lot of that in the previous segment. At Brad Power Seven on Twitter, as good as there is with uh, college football, uh, Brad, is there a team? You think it's going to surprise some people? I'm just going to ask because uh, I, I think when you're you do your power ratings for college football, to me, there's not a lot of surprises. There might be a team or two. I, th- I say, hey, this team's going to be a lot better than people expect. Is there a team inside the top 15 or top 20 that you would say uh, you have rated higher than most people do? Well, I'm going to give you one that actually surprised me after okay. you know throughout the power ratings process uh, throughout the, the the spring and summer. I was pretty low on Washington. I mean, I thought they'd be improved if we're staying in the Pac-12, but I, I didn't expect them after I went through position by position. I think that there's a chance they could be maybe the third-best team in the Pac-12. I think that they have an opportunity to even play in the Pac-12 championship game. I think they're going to be much better coached. Uh, and keep in mind, that quarterback, if it is indeed Michael Penix, the Indiana transfer, 
his best season that he ever had was when Kalen DeBoer, the new head coach of Washington, was his offensive coordinator at Indiana. So that's a team that I, you know, was kind of down on, and I even bet their season win total under back in May. Uh, that's one of the very few bets I regret making. Okay. All right, let's talk about week zero, JBT. All right, uh, with a couple of matchups to uh, discuss here. First and foremost, though, the big one, uh, we're going to go to Dublin, where we're going to get Nebraska and Northwestern opposing one another. Nebraska about a 13-point favorite here. Total's in the range of 50-and-a-half, Brad. What do you make of this matchup across the pond? Yeah, I bet under a few months ago. I wouldn't bet it at the current 50-and-a-half, though. What I am waiting to bet is Northwestern. I think there's some correlation there with it, with it being a lower-scoring game and also taking the underdog, plus... I mean, I get it. Nebraska absolutely hammered Northwestern last year. It's probably Nebraska's best performance of the season. Pat Fitzgerald's the type of coach that, you know, that, that, that's in the back of his mind all, all offseason. So I expect both teams to be much improved this year. I just I do not trust laying that kind of number with Scott Frost and Nebraska in unfamiliar territory. So I'm going to run in the window to bet plus 13 because I'm hoping to get a better number, but that, that's where I'm going to come around to betting uh, on Saturday morning. General question for you, because Northwestern, I think they bring about eight guys back on offense, but it's an offense that averaged only like 16 points per game. How, how do you assess teams like that that bring back a bunch of production on a unit that wasn't very good? Do you assume some sort of improvement? I mean, I assume some improvement. I, I mean, there is correlation. I mean, it's not a perfect uh, you know, scenario by any stretch of imagination, but usually, usually experience equals some sort of improvement with Northwestern, though. I mean, we, we, we've been talking about, you know, a pretty stagnant offensive philosophy for several years. So uh, usually a team with that amount of returning stars, maybe I think they can improve their points per game by a touchdown or so. With Northwestern, I'm, I'm probably a little more conservative with those expectations. Yeah, that was an anemic offense. Uh, the Purple Cats failed to score more than 14 points in any of the final six games uh, last season. But I'm with you, Brad. I, I think – it's very difficult to lay that type of number with Nebraska on a neutral in Ireland this week. And uh, if you if you go back previous to last year's blowout, each of the previous four games between these teams were decided by one score. I think you're going to see a tighter game uh, between these two teams this time. How about Nevada and New Mexico State? We talk a lot about Nevada losing almost all of its production from last season. The coach is gone. It's a total rebuild. I think you took the points with New Mexico State. Did you grab the number when it was 12, or did uh, you get the number with the Aggies at less than 12? How about 16 and a half? Oh, okay, uh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so I'm not running to bet nine now, but I think, again, this is another game where I think there's correlation with both the underdog and the under. I also bet the under in the game. Uh, on New Mexico State side of things, Jerry killed a brand-new coach talking about actually slowing down the tempo. You're right about Nevada replacing so much production. I mean, Bill Connolly does his returning production rankings. I mean, Nevada's not only one of the most, uh, as far as least experienced teams in the country this year, but in the last 10 years, uh, Nevada is at the bottom of the charts if you're counting all of those years. So mm -hmm. uh, lean on New Mexico State, lean under at the current numbers. Uh, we'll see, though. I, it's not like I, you know, I got full confidence. And a New Mexico State ticket with a first-year coach. Right, I got you. Where'd you get that number of sixteen and a half? That wasn't out here, was it? South Point. Uh, DraftKings, okay. DraftKings, and Circa both had that number. Yeah, 
Okay, 16 and a half down to nine right now at the South Point. All right, let's talk about another Mountain West team. A, uh, actually, the reigning champs, Utah State, 27 and a half point favorite, Brad, over UConn. Total sitting at 60 and a half. Uh, my question here is uh, there are, you know, there's some vague noise around whether or not Logan Bonner is going to be ready for this game. Suffers the knee injury in the bowl game back in December. And uh, against a lesser opponent, there is more and more noise that maybe Utah State gets a little conservative with him coming into this weekend. What do you make of this line and the status around Bonner and what that would affect if he? indeed does not play against the Huskies. That's another game where there's, I think there's correlation towards the, the, the underdog yep. and the under here. Uh, this is one where I did bet Connecticut right around where the number still is. Uh, it hasn't moved too much. And I'm, I'm still, I haven't waned too much. Now keep in mind, Connecticut's defensive coordinator took a leave of absence. So that's a little bit of concern there for the Huskies. I'm not a big Jim Mora uh, junior fan, but it can't get any worse than what Connecticut's been the last four or five years. So, I, I do lean Connecticut. I think they'll, they'll play a slower pace. Utah State, I mean, obviously wants to play a ton of tempo, but I'm not sure that they're going to do so in this matchup where they clearly have a superior talent edge. What's your read on that situation, JVT? You think Bonner is going to start? Well, I, I, when asked about it, Blake Anderson has been, if you read some of the quotes, has been pretty vague about whether or not he's going to be ready. So I would say even if he does start, that it's going to be a pretty short leash, especially if they can maybe build up a lead or have a comfortable lead against UConn. I, that would be my assumption. Keep in mind, I mean, their top two quarterbacks are out of the bowl game. They had no yep. problem uh, beating Oregon State. I got my butt kicked <laughs> on that game. That's <laughs> yes. true. I remember that. Yep. That was a Jimmy Kimmel Bowl or something like the that. The LA Bowl, I think. Okay. Yeah, right. Or they yeah. presented by Jimmy and Kimmel. Who knows? Hey, uh, what do you think of this Wyoming Illinois matchup? Because um, I think Illinois is going to be so much stronger on both lines, offensive and defensive line. And maybe the Illini running game is going to uh, beat, overwhelm the Cowboys in this matchup. Uh, what's your take on it, Brad? Wyoming at Illinois with a number of 10. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, I'm uh, again running the window to late 10 with Illinois and a total sitting in the mid 40s, but. That's the only way I can go. Wyoming right there with Nevada as far as one of the least experienced teams in the country. And plus, on top of it, I, I didn't like what the, you know reading the tea leaves. When, when you had you know, both quarterbacks could have came back to that team this year, Wyoming, and neither chose to do so. Both transferred out of the program. I, I think this could be the final year for Craig Bowl. Illinois, build, I think actually building the right way under Bielema. He's not one of my favorite coaches, but he does understand the Big Ten. I thought he did a decent job last year. Then, you know, he messed up some game situations at the end of a couple of games. But I, the only way I could bet this game is laying the 10 points. Yep, I think that's the case too. JVT, how about the uh, another team in the Mountain West is in action this week, but not on the main board. Yeah, it's not on the main board, Brad. And did you correct me if I'm wrong, because I have talked to you both here on a local radio. Did you bet Tony Miller's uh, UNLV uh, postings when he put up Idaho State UNLV? I did. I took Idaho State plus 25. They're a bad team in the big sky. They only won one game last year. They got a brand new coach, a lot of roster turnover, but are you kidding me? I can't lay 25 points with UNLV. I mean, Marcus Arroyo's offense leaves a lot to be desired. I know they haven't narrowed down the quarterback situation, or at least they haven't named the starter yet. I I'm going to take plus 25. I've seen some other people speculating some higher numbers. Mm-hmm. I hope they do post some higher numbers because I'll go right back to it and, and take the big underdog. Yeah, the number that was uh, thrown out there on social media was 31, I think, a potential right. opener this week. So we'll see if that's going to be the case. Brad, we got about 30 seconds left. I want to hit on the last game in Hawaii. Vanderbilt right now is six, six-and-a-half-point favor. What, did you see a much higher number on that game in an open, and what do you expect from Hawaii? Uh, it was two and a half at Better Line and DraftKings. It was actually pick on DraftKings. I didn't. Somebody beat me even to that. Okay. Uh, I laid it. I wouldn't do it now. It's gotten away. In fact, if it got the seven, I would a little bit buy back on Hawaii. 
Brad, it's good to talk to you as always, man. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Brad Power 7 again, college football betting expert. All right, we'll come back. We have plenty left to get to as we wrap it up here. A recap of the best bets from over the weekend and uh, some bets to add because week zero is here in college football. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. 
Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, dance bro. <laughs> This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back, folks. This segment of The Edge, of course, brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. Zen understands there's one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline's a little different. But whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step toward change, Zen's going to be there for you. Check out Zen Nicotine Pouches at Zen.com. That's ZYN.com. Warning, product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Best bet recap from the weekend, Matt. First off, uh, what was it this weekend? BMW, right? BMW Championship. How'd you do? I uh, didn't, did not cash a ticket. Oh, man. I uh, had John Rahm, didn't show up on Thursday. Colin Morikawa didn't show up on Sunday. By the way, did you see Morikawa had a 10 I yesterday? Did. Yes, I did. Uh, yeah, if you're ever out in the golf course and frustrated and think you suck, look at a guy like Colin Morikawa who could put a 10 on the scorecard. We watched uh, Ricky Fowler the week before put up a 9. Yeah. And uh, who's Cameron Young, the other uh, player I bet just uh, he faded over the weekend, didn't get it done. So uh, no winners there. And I don't like the format of this week's tournament with the starting strokes handicapping uh, format is, uh, I think, confusing to a lot of people, and I just don't like it. So may not get involved in golf. It might take a few weeks off golf betting. We were the favorites, JVT, to win the Westgate Super Contest golf tournament at the Las Vegas Country Club. Joel Kajowski, John D. Simone, Joey Mizell. Uh, we got off to a slow start. We couldn't make a putt in the first four holes, and uh, we finished in a tie for third. So our three-peat is wow. history. How many times have I told you it's tough to win four in a row? Very tough. Yeah, you told me many tough. times. So we you guys uh, seemed pretty down in the dumps when I saw you on Saturday shot, night. Yeah, 11 under, 61, tied for third. Uh, but the highlight for me was on the Brian Blessing hole, number 14. Okay. I'll ask you this. Would you rather, if you were closest to the pin, would you rather take the free Super Contest entry or a Super Bowl futures bet on the Buffalo Bills for $1,000 at 6 to 1? Super Contest entry. I thought you would say yeah. that. Since you said you're not that high right, in the yeah, Bills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I thought, I thought I had a chance to win closest to the pin. I knocked it about 20 feet away. I knew that wasn't going to win it, but it was uh, actually my best drive. And then I sank the putt after that. Nice. And uh, had a true birdie. But uh, we came up a little bit short and did not win four in a row. Anyway, on to the NFL had a push with the Dolphins plus two against the Raiders. Dolphins had a chance to take the lead with a minute 30 to go and the uh, 46-yard field goal attempt off the upright, and the Raiders went up 15-13, so that was a push. And I lost with the Chargers minus three against the Cowboys. Yep. How about the Cowboys with a basically 90-yard kickoff return and punt return for a touchdown to blow that game open and beat the Chargers 32-18? to 22 points in the second quarter, I think, for yeah, the Cowboys. Right. Uh, and then I think eight the rest of the way or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a... There was absolutely nothing there. I got to say, Chargers, somewhat disappointing in the preseason. Mm -hmm. uh, they were supposed to take out Sean McVay and the Rams. And they, this happens against the Cowboys. So, uh, it's a very I'm going last place in the AFC West. <laughs> yeah, they're not, they have not been playing their starters, obviously. Many of them, anyway. So, it's not that big a deal. But it's, you know what's weird about the Chargers? I've said this many times. You can't bet the Chargers when they're favorites. Yeah. Even in the preseason, I guess. Or maybe preseason darlings. 
which I mean, that's like every year for the Chargers. Yeah. Every year they got a great roster. Can we also just say? So I saw. So the uh, the Giants game. Um, there was also some other stuff besides the Kayvon Thibodeau knee, uh, mm-hmm. knee thing. I think it was Brian Dable at one point declined a penalty that would have given uh, the Bengals like a third and 26. Yeah. And I saw a lot of people trying to roast him. I think clearly he just wanted to get his offense back out on the field, mm-hmm. and that was the thinking behind it. I saw a lot of like, oh, here we go, Giants. Dable's an idiot. And it's like, I don't think that's the case. I think he kind of understood what the situation was. So let's pump the brakes on preseason analysis of coaching management, you know? Exactly. So a lot of times there are reasons those decisions are made that uh, the average fan's not going to understand right there. Brian Dable's going to be fine. Actually, I think he was a really smart hire by the Giants. Oh, so do I. So do I. Uh, all right. And the Bills are going to miss him. Yes, they are. Before we get to baseball, any you have anything tonight? You're not got anything tonight for a best bet, right? Uh, no best bets tonight. Uh, I will say this. I did bet UConn plus 27. Uh, we were talking about this. I texted you the other day, talked about it right before here. And it's good to hear that um, Brad Powers kind of, at least from the standpoint of the analysis, looks at that site too. So, yeah, UConn plus 27 against um, Utah State. And also 27 and a half are out there as well. So that's the only thing that I have for today. Yeah, the only reason I had not bet that game yet, I wanted to see what was happening with uh, Bonner. You were talking about the quarterback. But also a lot of times in the first week, these favorites get bet up. And I wanted to see if I could grab 28. Right. You know, why yeah. not? If it starts to move the other way, I grabbed a 27 or 27 and a half. But it's crazy. Every year, it seems like the favorites get bet up in all these early games. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll see. You kind of actually they do like they got fifteen guys coming back. I I kind of echo your sentiments. Jim Moore Jr. is not a bad hire. Like there's some things to work with for UConn as they head mm-hmm. into the season. So and should also note only four guys are coming back for Utah State on defense, and it wasn't a good defense last year either. Their offense really masked a lot of the issues. So keep an eye on that. But did take the underdog there. All right, Major League Baseball. How you feeling? New York Yankees, New York Mets, Subway Series. We're back. Ortega's fired up. He's a Mets fan. He should be fired up because he liked the way the Mets are playing. And when you've got uh, Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom, you're set up really well for the playoffs in a short series with two pitchers who can be that dominant. Tonight, Mad Max minus 150 against the Yankees in the Bronx. Domingo Herman going to start for the Yankees. And uh, here at the South Point, the Mets are as high as minus 154. I've seen 160 out there. When's the last time you remember the Yankees being dogs right. this big at home? Very rare. Domingo Herman, what a guy. Still trotting him out there. The last time uh, Scherzer faced the Yankees at City Field last month, I think he struck out Aaron Judge three times. He did, he? And, and Judge yeah. went 0 for 5 in that game. Yeah. Judge is in a little bit of a slump right now, and obviously the Yankees are struggling offensively. They did get a win uh, yesterday, beat the Blue Jays 4-2, to two, needed uh, Lou Trevino to pitch two and a third innings to close out that game. But the, the thing about the Yankees is we were talking about this a lot Saturday night. Diehard Yankees fan Steve Cofield from ESPN Radio right. was out there. Yankees have been the worst team in baseball since the All-Star break. It's amazing how bad they've been. Uh, but they've, they're starting to get healthy again, mm-hmm. getting the key guys back in the lineup, and uh, we'll see if they can hit Mad Max tonight. I'm not real optimistic about that. I think Scherzer's probably going to shut the Yankees down. I'm not going to play under because I think the Mets can, can get to Herman. And uh, total seven and a half. It's funny. I'll pass. I, I got to pass. I'm not. I'm not going to take the bait with the Yankees at plus one forty something. Well, it's it's funny because uh, you you know you lick your finger and you test the wind around both of these teams, and the more dire like aura is around the New York Yankees. Uh-huh. It's the Mets who are trying to stave off the Braves who are four only four games behind. Mm-hmm. Like the Mets really need to keep winning these games as well because Atlanta will not slow down in any way, shape, or form. They're eight and two in their last ten games and continue to play pretty well. So no, it's a fascinating series and cannot wait to see what's going to happen. We also have like there's not the best in terms of some of these contests later. 
today. Um, now, I would say and point out that the Angels are taking on the Rays today, and I only say that because tying into what we're talking about with the Yankees, that division lead is down to eight, and the Rays are playing some pretty good baseball. They've mm-hmm. won their last two. They've won seven out of ten games, and now they get a series with the Angels, which they should be able to take advantage of um, and maybe close the gap if the Yankees are going to have a tough series against the New York Mets this week. So very much worth looking at it because you're going to get uh, a dominant pitching matchup of Tucker Davidson versus Jeffrey Springs, but the Rays are playing some pretty good baseball at this point. So, Well, I think the uh, the Yankees do have some reason now to look over their shoulder. That division lead is starting to shrink a little bit, and uh, the Rays get hot. Who knows what could happen? I, the Yankees are not a clinch. They haven't clinched that division, JVT, by any chance. Nope, not at all. I mean, well, stretch. the other ones that we're talking about here, like how about uh, the Brewers? They're now five games back for St. Louis in the NL Central. And what do they get to do? They get to take on the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the other thing, too. This Brewers team was supposed to start to, at least I would think, take advantage of everything with their division and win it. But it has been the St. Louis Cardinals, who have won seven consecutive games, have extended that lead between them. And the Cardinals are on the road taking on the Cubs today, too. Uh, This is pretty big because you get Jordan Montgomery, uh, the former Yankee, taking on Drew Smiley. But the Cardinals, again, continue to churn out some of these wins. And they're trying to distance themselves here for the Brewers, who could miss out on a playoff spot. Well, when you think about what happened at the trade deadline, it was puzzling why the Yankees traded Jordan Montgomery. Right. How about Albert Pujols suddenly with a hot bat for the Cardinals? Post-All-Star so, break, he's these, been incredible. Some of these things in baseball just don't make a lot of sense. Yep. But Pujols has been hot. Uh, when you look at excuse me, when you look at the, uh, the Brewers and Dodgers, everybody was perplexed. How could the Brewers trade Josh Hader to the Padres? Yeah. What the hell is going on? Josh Hader, no longer the closer for the Padres. Because he's been hammered so bad. What? I, I, no, I got to double check. I have is it, his ERA is double digits since he's been traded. Correct? Yeah, it's, he's, he's terrible. Every time I've seen him pitch, he's been bad for the Padres. It's it's what you wonder what the Brewers knew uh, when they made that deal because he had a kid. Everybody was surprised by it, huh? He had a kid. Did he get married? I think so. Right? Did he go on paternity leave at the beginning of the year, or something like that? <laughs> I'm not sure. I still think I still think my sixty to one ticket on him to win Cy Young has a shot. It's dead. <laughs> I still think I'm there. In the throes of passion where he had closed out, was it like the first 16 games? I'm like, this guy's got it. Give it to me, baby. I mean, you give the Dodgers respect, and you get it on the betting line every every night, but the Dodgers and Urias minus 240 against the Brewers tonight. Since June 7th, wow. uh, Josh Hader, 10.07 ERA and a 1.93 whip. Yeah. Holy crap. How about this? Josh Hader, a 25.7 ERA since the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago. That's a pretty big, that's a pretty big number right there. Maybe he's distracted. All right, right. (laughs) Monday Night Football, great matchup on tap. Do you have a bet on the Jets and the Falcons game? No, nothing. There was no no information or anything that drove me in one direction or another for this. So I'm going to sit back and not watch the game. I think I'll pass on watching Jets-Falcons. Watch the baseball instead. All right, we're all done. VEASAN.com. Make sure you sign up because the NFL Guide comes out this week, folks. And it's week zero. Get ready for the college football season with the college guide that's already out there. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. 
All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. There's plenty to celebrate in March and craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free with the new dexcom g7 you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks it sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility.